join us for the 2010 Southeast Linux Fest as we once again celebrate Linux and open source software in the GNU slash South. Due to the overwhelming response last year, this year's event will be bigger, better, and longer. Self 2010 will take place Friday, June 11th through Sunday, June 13th at the Spartanburg Marriott at Renaissance Park in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Be there for UbuCon, Fedora Activity Day, BSDA certification, Drupal Camp, multiple parties featuring Dual Core as well as the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000 as Rift Tracks, and an even more expansive group of superb speakers, sponsors, and exhibitors. Self is free to attend, but hurry and register today to lock in the special discount room rate at the hotel. Register today at southeastlinuxfest.org. I'm Austin Bound, get my feelings checked at the door. That's right, Texas has its own community-run Linux Fest on April 10th, 2010 in Austin, Texas. Go to TexasLinuxFest.org for details. And remember, get your Linux on. I'm Austin Bound, get my eyes set on the price. Well, hello and welcome back to Linux in the Ham Shack, everybody. I know it seems like it's been forever, but it's only been two weeks. I think it's been two weeks. I'm not real sure. Things have been really strange for me. Come to think of it, I'm not real sure. I'm not Russ. Wait a minute. I'm not Russ. Russ is over yonder. Say hello, Russ. Hello. Uh, man, a few words. Anyway, uh, we're, we're glad to be back tonight. We got a special guest with us. Uh, what, uh, what the hell's his name? Oh, My name's Clat too. That's him. See, he even says it right. <laughs> even it's a pleasure to be here. There you have it. There you have it. <laughs> don't make fun of me, man. Are we supposed to issue the uh, obligatory Barada Nicto so you don't destroy the universe while we're having the podcast? It does help. Yeah. Okay. Have you know, you 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 heathen, you have, must have never watched the film. Clatu don't do shit. Gort That's does. true. Gort does, yeah. Gort kicks the butt. All right. <laughs> I don't even know where we were. We're starting to lose listeners because they don't want to hear this crap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we better get the feedback before something happens. You got anything over there you want me to start, Russ? No, I'm going to go ahead and let you. Oh, well, first of all, I'm Russ, K5TUX, and we do have our guest in the, in the, in with us. That would be Clatu known as not Clatu, just about everywhere on the IRC. And if you listen to any other Linux podcast, you probably heard him six, seven, three thousand times, something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, well, welcome to the show, Clatu. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, it's really good to have you here. Um, thanks for stopping in on short notice and, and all that good stuff. But I'm going to let Richard go ahead and start off with our, our feedback this evening. Well, I'll start with the easy one. <laughs> And first piece of feedback this time comes from Steve. Steve with no name, but he did post it over at, uh, 
uh, resonant frequency. Hmm. Uh, I am just learning about the hobby. Uh, four weeks new. I have started to study for the uh, tech exam and found your podcast. I was wondering why the first few recordings are not listed on iTunes. Are you able to post your initial shows? I would very much like to listen if they are available on iTunes. Thanks for your show. I'm enjoying your topics and anticipate the the information you are sharing will prove to be a great assistance to me in the future. Thank you for your help and inter- thank you for your help and entertainment. Best regards, Steve. Well, Steve, I checked into that. I know it's doing it on both shows. Over on Resonant Frequency, we use a different a different uh, set of programs other than what we use for LHS here. I went in and checked LHS, and some of them were dropping off the list. I've, I've corrected that for Linux and Hamshack. As far as the uh, other website, as soon as I am able to, I will get that uh, taken care of. Otherwise, you can go over to the website and download them. But I don't advertise for that one over here, even though I advertise this one over there. So what do you have to say about that one, Russ? Well, I was going to tell him that he couldn't download him through the feed because I had the feed limited to 25 episodes, and anything before that would have fallen off. But since you apparently fixed that little problem, I guess he's uh, he's all set. He doesn't have to go to the website and download those episodes. So there you go, Steve. I saw he was I'm not supposed to. Oh, no, you can do that. But I would like to drive some more people over to the website. Oh, well, I mean, I'll go break it again. No, no, don't break it again. We'll we'll make it like 50 episodes or something like that. Once once you get past 50, you should be going back to the archives to find the data anyway. I only put it on 1,000. <laughs> I think we'll go with 50. 1,000 might be a little high. Then you like, and then we need to talk about Drupal because that's the problem I'm having at the other show. Uh, you would like it. It'll only let you do 30. <clears throat> Well, yeah, I like 30. Well, we'd uh, lose a couple even on 30, so we'd go with 50. I think 1,000 is a little ambitious at this point. Anyway, go for it. Go for it. Well, the next one I've got is uh, from ZL2CCO's blog, and uh, this is, and I know this one is about Linux in the hamshack, y'all. Uh, I discovered the Linux, L-I-N-U-C, in the, in the shack site, and it gives the URL a while back. And rediscovered it again today. I like this site. Well, thank you to our friends down in New Zealand, especially ZL2CCO, because I haven't heard from you otherwise. Uh, if you uh, do enjoy the show, please make sure that the people are listening. They got us playing in Tasmania. They got us playing in, in Sydney. You know, uh, it wouldn't hurt for us to be on the North and the South Island down there where you are. So, uh, you just go ahead and pass the word, burn it to CDs, pass them out to your friends. In fact, charge a dollar and send us half of it. What do you got to say about that, Russ? Uh, what I have to say about that is the more exposure we get down in Australia, the better. And as soon as somebody wants to fund a trip for Linux in the Hamshack to visit Australia to, uh, I don't know, talk about what we do and all that kind of thing, the, the, be- the better I'll feel. Wait a minute. There's a guy down there. He's on one of the other shows. I've seen pictures of what he does. We may not want to go there. Oh, I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may yes, not want to go. Men are men, and the wombats are scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's not the best joke we got tonight, but is it, we got to have them. When you got to have as many as we have to have, some of them are not going to be so great. So I got one left, Russ. What about you? Uh, that's all you guys. One left. It sounded like you had a dozen there when we were talking about it, but I've got stuff. 
This is a piece of feedback that I well, it's a piece of feedback and a donation that I actually got via snail mail. And you say I'm the one that messes with you because you're the editor. <laughs> I am, you know, I mess with myself sometimes too. Don't worry about it. Not on camera. Well, I don't know. Let me go get another drink here in about five minutes, and we'll talk about it. Seen another shit. Oh man, that better be some candles. Candles and mandolins. Do I look like? Never mind. I got a piece of feedback and a donation in the mail from Tom, November Charlie Zero Oscar. And this reads, John, uh, name's Russ, Tom, but you can call me John, I guess. If you uh, yell John across a crowded room, I will not turn my head. I really enjoy the Linux in the Ham Shack podcast. I wish I were going to Dayton this year to meet you guys. Even so, I'm sending a donation to help you out with your booth space cost. I'm sending it directly to you since I don't do PayPal. Keep up the good work and have fun in Dayton. Seven threes, Tom. Well, thank you very much, Tom. November Charlie Zero Oscar. I know you probably thought we completely forgot about you and buried your letter under the rug and we're not going to even mention it, but I have it here, right here, and you have been mentioned, so hopefully you're still listening to the show at this point and don't feel like you've been ignored. Because you haven't, and I thank you very much for your donation. It did help us get out to uh, the Dayton Hamvention, and I will talk a little bit more about the Dayton Hamvention coming up here in a minute. So what do you think about that, Richard? Thank you for the donation. We can always use them, and we're going to do our best to be at Dayton. We're going to try and get to Australia. Who knows? We may even show up in New York at some point. Then that's going to be bad. But thank you for sending that in. Every little bit helps. So what else you got, Russ? Oh, Linux in the Ham Shack on Broadway. I can get behind that. Yeah. Unfortunately, you make it one main show. I know it's going to be a bit better than about 90% of the shows that are out there right now. Yeah. Klaatu can attest to that, right? I would agree with that, actually, yeah. I'm just wondering how that guy got your actual address to send you a hard copy of, you know, letter and money. Like, do you guys publish your address or something? Uh, we do not, but it's actually very easy for ham radio operators because there are two major ways. Uh, the first one is the FCC ULS database, the Universal License Service. And if you go, oh, okay. if you go there and look up a call sign, it will give you the physical address of the user. And there's also qrz.com and they have a link to the federal database. And if you go there and put in my call sign or his call sign or anybody's call sign, you get an address. So that's dirt simple as far as that goes. No no hacking involved. Cool. Well, cool in a certain sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds a little bit like, I don't know, if if you're paranoid or whatever, privacy stuff, you might not like that. I don't um, think I'd like that. But We've already been through that issue a couple of years ago, and uh, it caused a bunch of crap where nobody could get information on anybody and that swung back kind of back to where it is where it was you know if you if you're afraid to put your address out there then uh you probably you probably don't want to get on the radio and talk to people <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not like the guys that look at the database are actually going to be uh trying to scope out the houses and stuff or at least it's never been that case in the past yeah, that may prevent you from ever being in a ham radio operator, Clatu, because privacy is not one of the top priorities. Right, okay. It kind of, yeah, matters to me, I guess. So, yeah, probably not anytime soon. There you go. Unless, of course, it's the news people, and then we don't want them listening to nothing. 
<laughs> All right, I've got another. Uh, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, no, I was just going to say, what else you got? Oh, well, I've got this, which I definitely need to read. This one came in uh, almost three weeks ago. It's uh, this. I think this is our first retraction and or apology. Oh, <laughs> it's not you. It's me. It's my fault. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, this is from Walter Kilo Victor Six Mike, and here's oh. what. Well, got what? I had that one. Go ahead. Oh, do you want to do this one? No, you go ahead. Oh, okay. He he's mistaken that you were mistaken. No. Yeah. No, no, I'm pretty sure he I'm pretty sure he's correct. The call sign you gave that you actually gave is also Walter and he's in the database. Yes, that is correct, but the donation that I got was from KV6M, not from WN3LIF. Well, then get your butt on there and apologize. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, this is from Walter KV6M and he says, "I just listened to episode 31 and heard that you reached the fundraising goal for Dayton. Great news." You thanked Walter, WN3LIF, for the penultimate donation, and this made me wonder. I made a donation, my second, as you mentioned, for WN3LIF, right around the time you mentioned it. And although I go by Terry, Banks and the FCC know me as Walter. My call is, however, Kilo Victor 6 Mike. If the donation you were talking about came from this particular address, that would be me. If not, sorry to have brought this up. I don't want this read on the air or anything. It's no big deal. Whoops, guess what? You just got read on the air. <laughs> uh -oh. Yeah, it's okay. He'll be fine. I eliminated the uh, important parts. Anyway, I was contented to be anonymous, but I don't want to be miscredited. If it turns out that there was a mix-up, perhaps you'd be kind enough to change the show notes for the episode. If not, sorry again to have raised this. Thanks in advance. Seven threes. This is Kilo Victor 6 Mike. Well, Kilo Victor 6 Mike also known as Walter. Yeah, I screwed up. It wasn't Walter WN3LIF. It was Walter U, Kilo Victor 6 Mike. So I want to thank you for the penultimate donation that got us to that Dayton Hamvention. And as I said before, we I will talk a little bit more about Dayton here in a minute. But thanks very much for your donation. I do sincerely apologize for the screw-up. And I don't want to take anything away from Walter, the other Walter, WN3LIF, because he did donate as well. But we want to make sure that you get your just dues and uh, mention that you did provide a very sizable and very welcome donation to our Dayton Fund. So thanks very much, Walter. Okay, Russ has been a naughty, naughty boy. And Bill will take that and go into those show notes and fix them because he's paying attention right now, even though he's not saying nothing. So we can, like, talk all kinds of censored about him. All kinds and, of smack. Uh, it's a very censored match, you see. But, uh, yeah, we'll get that corrected, and um, uh, thank you once again for uh, your donation. Let me get this one out of the way. It's going to take us a second, I think. Uh, this one's uh, from Doug, N6LMX, and I think Doug's with us tonight. I can't see the chat room while I'm reading this stuff, y'all. Um, Doug says, Greetings, gents. I sent uh, this to Richard before episode 29. The date says January 14th. If that means anything, I hadn't heard it on on the last three podcasts. And we all know how much people love to hear their name mentioned. Although I'm probably hogging the entire spotlight. I'm guessing this uh, got eaten by the spam can or some other thing. 
or it just was not read, ready for prime time. I'm still interested in Richard's answer, even if he wants to answer me directly. Thanks again, Doug Jones. P.S. Richard, all right, Richard Ogre sticking out. Richard, the only reason I have an iPod is that it was a gift. I would never spend money for one of, of my own. I also follow the uh, cheaper is better attitude, which might explain all the used stuff I own. Let me stop right there, and then we'll read the original message. Uh, uh, I talk about iPods because I had three of them that were gifts. I've still got two that have gone back into service for listening to podcasts, but uh, I'm currently stocking up on Santa Clips, so I don't have to buy them anymore. But you know what? I never turn down anything that's free. So let us continue. The original message, oh, let me explain before we start the original message. Uh, Doug, the reason I didn't read it is when I first saw it, I thought it was for the other show. And once again, the other show hadn't happened in a while due to other stuff. And uh, it got dropped in that bin. So uh, we will read it right now. And it says, Richard, I've been listening with interest to the last few podcasts about your old Dell Latitude, which seems to be about the same age as the one I wrote about a few episodes back. I was wondering what you finally settled on as far as Linux distribution. I still have Zubuntu 8 mumble on mine, but it's uh, not running as quickly as I'd like it to. I think part of the problem is the bloat-heavy Firefox browser that I use. I hate to say it, but I'm ignorant about the other worthy browsers for Linux. I use Chrome on my Vista machine. Vista? And Safari on my iPod. I'm not really a digital person yet, although my main goal is to use uh, this machine for doing PSK31 and packing. I refuse to pay the uh, high prices for D-Star. Well, it's not as high as it used to be. With some other music projects on the side. Love the podcast, and thank you in advance for any help or suggestions you can give me. With regards, Doug, N6LMX. You know what? I have a quick, quick question. Not yes, to, sir. you know, not to offend the the hand out there, since that's all who listen to your show. But um, are call signs actually more efficient than just remembering someone's name? I mean, how do you remember this stuff? I mean, K five Tux, I can remember that. But let's pick one, K J four O H H, and uh, I don't know all these all the K C nine Q Y B. How do you know who that is? Uh, because normally we introduce ourselves at the beginning. Uh, but uh, the amateur radio service, it, even though it's a uh, it's a private people doing amateur radio, it's still uh, structured more like the commercial radio services. And, oh, okay. You know, even a television station has to ID once an hour. Right. It's basically what it boils down to, and uh, the higher the grade, the higher the grade of license, the higher the level of license. The call, sh- call signs are shorter, so it uh, it gets easier and easier. And before you, by the time you've talked to somebody three or four times, more people think my my last name is my call sign, other than what it really is. All right, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and we were talking about wombats and stuff, and guess who's here? <laughs> yeah, Australians. They invade everything. Yeah, that's yeah they what, do. That's what I saw the pictures of. 
Yeah, the, Brit- the British all band them down there, and they come back like viruses. <laughs> Before Peter gets all over me, uh, he'll be wanting to kick boot me after a while. Anyway, <laughs> all right, Doug. Thank you for the thank you for sending this in. I'm sorry it ended up in the wrong can. Let, let's go through this down through this thing one at a time. As far as Linux distributions, that Dell Latitude, uh, my, those of y'all that have been listening to the show know the specs on it. It's an old machine, doesn't have a lot of memory or very big hard drive. And what I ended up settling on for it, for what I'm going to do with it, is CrunchBang Linux Lite. And the reason for CrunchBang Linux Lite is that uh, with the uh, amount of memory and the amount of hard drive space, uh, that gives me enough flexibility to run some of these, some of the software that I've been talking about, the uh, DRATS terminal and uh, stuff like that without it bogging down. Yeah, uh, for those of y'all that uh, have been listening to the information about this project, I'm going to use this machine portable in my truck for uh, communications out in the field. So, uh, I really don't want to take, uh, my bigger, more expensive, uh, two gigahertz machine out when it's raining. Now, as far as, uh, browsers are concerned, Firefox is what I would use if I was going to be going heavy. Now, because of the size of it, yes, it does slow things down considerably. Now, there is one out there called Midora, uh, Midora, which is basically a stripped down version of Firefox. It's not as heavy. It will run faster. Anytime I've used it, it really hasn't had any issues, so you may give that one a shot. And for our note taker over in the corner, that's Medora, M-I-D-O-R-I. R-A. Hey, hey, Richard. Um, Look, does Mid- oh. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Clanton. I was going to ask if Midori gives you any, I mean, have you gone to like any of the sites that, you know, the sites that don't seem to want to work? with other browsers and you have to open up Firefox for it to like really work with it. Have you gone to any sites that seem a little bit peculiar about or particular about what 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 browser you're using and tried it and does does it work pretty well or does it pretty much suit all of your needs? Well actually to tell the truth, I don't don't do a lot of internet on that machine simply because okay. Well, a few things I do are amateur radio related, and those sites are pretty much uh, pretty minimal. I mean, uh, some of them have some JavaScript on them as far as uh, ads for radio shops and stuff like that. But for the most part, uh, they're they're pretty pretty straightforward sites without a lot of extra uh, gimmicky stuff. I don't think I've even loaded uh, loaded one one of the multiple versions of simulated Flash on this computer yet because I. Haven't run across anything where I needed it. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see, browser, Chrome, PSK thirty one packet. Okay, um, Doug, you were saying you were wanting to run PSK thirty one in packet. Well, that's a that's the reason. Like I said a while ago, that's the reason that um, I'm trying to get this one going, just because I'm going to be using it out in the field. And not only do I have a, a VHF D Star radio that I'm going to be running. Uh, it on. I also have a, a Kenwood TS50 HF rig sitting up here on the shelf that I'm going to mount in the truck so that I'm able to work the HF modes uh, out in the field also. And thank you for writing in these machines that don't have a lot to them. You're not going to be able to do a lot with them. But in my case, it works out because, like I said, I don't want to take 
I don't want to take my good laptop out someplace where we're slogging in the mud and uh, getting all wet. All righty. So, uh, like I said, thank you, Doug. And, Russ, do you have any comments on that? Oh, I think you pretty much hit it. You dozed off. No, I didn't doze off. And since that was your, you know, was kind of addressed to you and talking about your your DRATS project there, I think you uh, pretty much said all there was. And as far as the Midori browser is concerned, anything named after a melon liqueur, that's good by me. Well, the thing is, too, uh, that particular project gets more pl- more press over on the other other shows simply because I don't want to bog everybody down in uh, a personal project over here. You know, this show is uh, what it is. That show over there, it's just me running my head about stuff. And if I'm not bitching about somebody, then uh, uh, y'all get to hear about some actual radio. So do you have anything else for us? I have a ton of stuff, but we probably need to take a break here for a little bit, come back in and talk with our guest Klaatu in the middle section, and then we come back to feedback and donations and all that kind of stuff towards the end, I think. So we we break this up a little bit. Okay, let's all go to the snack bar. Yeah, let's all go okay, to the we'll snack bar. Right <laughs> play some music, Russ. Yeah, we'll play some music. Come on back in a few minutes, and we'll talk with Klaatu. Catch you in a bit. Yes. 
Okay, and we are back. Okay, Russ, Russ, go ahead and introduce our, our super exciting, wonderful, uh, fantastic guest, and uh, I'm going to sit in the corner and be pitiful. <laughs> okay, you go ahead and do that. Well, our guest for the evening, as we mentioned early on in the program, is Klaatu, or a gentleman from New York who goes by the name Klaatu. And if anybody's unfamiliar with where that comes from, you need to pick up the early sci-fi classic, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and then you'll know all about it. Anyway. Keanu Reeves crap, the other one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I said the early sci-fi classic, not not the stupid remake one. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Klaatu, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Sorry, I don't know anything about ham radio, but actually the interview that I did with you at, uh, what was it, OLF, right? That was actually quite informative. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit as well. And when I actually heard it, I, I sounded somewhat intelligent at the end. So I appreciate the the uh, hard work you did in editing. <laughs> no, you it came across really well. You you said a lot of cool things, informative stuff. All right, so so I know you from IRC and from uh, OLF and from various other podcasts that are out there in the universe, and you seem to be on at least uh, every one of them. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What exactly, uh, go ahead and classify yourself uh, and uh, tell us what what it is you do, how how it is you come to be associated with all of these podcasts and, and all of the IRC channels and so on and so forth. I'm a trolling noob who likes to use Linux. Wow, way to sum that up in eight words. <laughs> yeah, not good for conversation, huh? <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I you know, what happened, I think, was that... Um, you know, Hacker Public Radio uh, was coming out a couple of years ago, and I'd already had my own podcast, which I call the Bad Apples. I'm not really sure why I call it that, but that's what it's called. It's all about Linux. Um, but anyway, Hacker Public Radio was coming out, and I just wrote in and said, "Hey, I've, I've I don't know a whole lot about like you know technical stuff, but there's some stuff that I know. Do you want some episodes?" and I just sat down and recorded like six hours of episodes and sent them in and they started playing them and I just kept submitting more episodes and and just I think that's where people started to kind of hear my voice m- mostly. So if if you had to pick one of one of all of the things that you sort of are involved in, which, which would the, which is the thing that you identify with? Um, I I don't. I guess I identify most with my own show, even though I don't think a whole lot of people really know it, but um, that's the one that I kind of, you know, I mean, it's my own show. I, I like to talk about what I like to talk about on it, and that's what I do. So I just talk about whatever I've been learning lately and just kind of trying to do tutorials and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Well, I have to say that I listened to, I'm pretty sure it was episode 5X04. I, th- I think it was 5X04, the one about the XMod map. I have no idea. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't the most recent one, but it was the one before that. And anyway, you talked about something that was really cool because I have, in several other instances, tried to find a decent way to get uh, some of the some of the um, the more prevalent Unicode characters out of uh, UTF, you know UTF-8 encoding. 
because lots of applications support it nowadays, but you can't just go ahead and type, you know, uh, an E with an accent grave or uh, an umlaut over an O, you know, without going through some pretty complicated contortions uh, on a Linux system. And you found a way to do that really simply using XModMap. And I, I know you did a whole episode on it, but if you can give us the 60-second rundown, people would be interested. And by the way, if you're really interested in that, definitely check out the Bad Apples uh, podcast, which is at thebadapples.info. Yeah, exactly. Um, thebadapples.info, and that is a V in front of it. There's another badapples.info, which has nothing to do with me at all. It's like a Mac repair site. <laughs> um, so, But yeah, the XModMap trick is is really simple um and and basically the easiest way to do it is to create a dot x mod map file in your home directory and that is strangely enough with a capital x because the command that you run if you're not doing it with a a file in your home directory is all lowercase x mod map so the thing that you're making in your home directory is dot x mod map with a capital x and then in that file you place something like key code 135 uh, equals multi-key, multi-underscore key. And um, the key code 135 is what key you want to cause to be like the modifier key. And then the multi-key is the name of uh, what Linux wants to see uh, hitting, you know, you want it, it wants to have that be called the modifier key. And the idea is that once you you place this in your home directory, uh, you can hit this magical multi-key that you've defined and some other letter, and it will I, it will cause that letter to somehow be changed. So, like, at, you know, if, if I'm writing a friend who's in France or something, and they have an I with a little accent over it, I hit my multi-key and the apostrophe sign, and then the letter I, and it it creates I with a little dash over it. So um, you kind of have to figure out what you want to be your multi-key. I just use the little, the little. it's it's like a key on the right-hand side of the keyboard, and it's got a little menu on it. I'm not really used to PC keyboards all that much, coming having come from the Mac world, so I never knew what that key really did, so I just made it my multi-key. haven't missed it. Yeah, I took your advice and used that very same key. It's the key, well, on this particular keyboard, I have two Windows keys, but to the right of the right Windows key and to the left of the right control, there's a key that looks like um, it looks like a note-taking or a to-do pad or something like that. And I I used your example and and used that as the multi-key uh, for XModMap, and that's really cool because now you can just like hit that, you know, hit uh, like uh, the tilde and an N once you've defined the multi-key, and you instantly have. Uh, and end with a tilde, or uh, you hit you hit the multi-key and the exclamation point twice, and you have the upside-down exclamation point, or, yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. And I know and, it... And to, uh, I was going to say, and to find out where those things are, maybe that's what you were about to say, I don't know, uh, you just do a less on uh, slash USR slash share slash X11 slash locale slash EN underscore US something something slash compose I think and there's a text file in there uh, with all the all the different combinations that you could possibly want 
Yeah, and there are thousands of them. This is not just yeah. for <laughs> this is not just for putting an accent over your E or a tilde over your N. This is so you can put up like registered trademark signs, copyright symbols, uh the basically every character of every alphabet and every language known to the yeah. universe, uh so on and so forth. I mean, there's just so many combinations, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a cool trick, and I, I liked it because, um, I mean, I like doing stuff like that, like tutorials on that kind of stuff, because so many times, like, how many times have you gone in, well, maybe you haven't had this problem, Russ, because I know you've been doing the whole Unix thing for, like, 20 years, you said, or something, but, I mean, how many times, not 20 years, 10 years, um, how long have you been doing the whole Unix thing? Uh, be- between actual Unix and Linux, almost 20 years. Oh, it is 20 years, okay. Yep. Um uh, well, but yeah, so, I mean, you go into IRC and you're like, hey, guys, I want to know how to do, you know, FUBAR, and you get all these different answers and stuff, and no one ever, like, takes it through, you know, they they tell you, it's almost like they're toying with you, they tell you sort of how to do it, but they don't exactly tell you, and then everyone else starts to chime in and tells you, no, no, that guy's wrong, listen to me instead, you know, and it's just like this this inundation of sort of vague advice that, doesn't get you anywhere. So I, I just I think there's a real need out there for like just sort of simple. Here's how to get it done. It might not be the most efficient way. It might not be the the officially supported way by you know this group, but it works, and that's how you do it. And I like that kind of stuff. Well, I have to say, I, most of the things that I've learned uh, in the course of my life, I've learned by just doing it myself reading a few bits of documentation here and there, like you say, whether it's just a juicy tidbit that actually kind of gets you to the answer or if it just winds up in another Google search, which uh, after six or seven of them, you manage to put the pieces together. And, right. I, and in all of that time, I have to say that I, I honestly believe that listening to that particular episode of The Bad Apples was the first time I actually sat down with a pair of headphones on, listened to somebody tell me how to do something, actually typed in the keystrokes, you know, as the voice was going along, and at the end had an effective result. And yeah. uh, <laughs> That's great. That's cool. You know, for those people who uh, want to learn, and some of the topics you actually cover are pretty advanced. I want to uh, let people know that right away. When you're talking about doing video editing and Blender and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Um, you know, some of these things are not like for the, for the faint of heart or for the average Jew user, but you know, for somebody who's been in, in, you know, in Unix and Linux for 20 years and just never thought about some decent way to actually create a, uh, a set of Unicode characters without actually have to, having to go into the code editor or the uh, character editor map, typing wow. out what I want to type, you know, by clicking on the characters, copying and pasting it, blah, 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 and throwing it, you know, that kind of thing. And that was like the only way I knew how to do it. To, to come along and have this thing to just show me how to do it so easily with one line in a dot config file, it just kind of blew me away. So uh, for for people who are interested in that kind of thing, I definitely uh, and don't be confused by the bad apples dot info. It's not really about Apple. It's sort of go ahead and explain the thing about it, uh, about Apple. Yeah. So the the Apple thing started because I I actually did start. Uh, really as a Mac fan for like a long, long time. Um, well, actually my entire life, I've actually never really used Windows. Like, I mean, I've probably used it once or twice that I, you know, like at an internet cafe or something, but 
Uh, I was a Mac guy for like a long, long time. Uh, and then I started getting curious about Unix and, and that bug bit me pretty bad and, and that got me to Linux and, and I just didn't really ever look back. So it, it my podcast actually started out as like a Mac podcast and then kind of transitioned into being a switching from Mac to Linux podcast. And then I just stopped caring about Mac so much that it's really just a Linux podcast now. So it's a really bad name and I guess you could you could argue that it just refers to me being a bad apple, like, you know, the, the idiom, he's a bad apple. But I don't know. When you're talking about a technical show, you know, the word apple kind of, like, suggests some kind of affiliation. So I don't know. I might rebrand at some point. Well, I, I think the, the, the concept of a bad apple sort of lends itself to being a Linux podcast, just like we're trying to convert people from Windows into Linux. You, you've sort of gone away. Well, whether you're trying to do the conversion or not at this point is maybe irrelevant. You're just talking about Linux at this point, uh, despite the thing being called the bad apples. But the connotation of being Apple and bad at the same time isn't necessarily the wrong way to go about it. Yeah, that's true. So um, I, I've heard that story before. I just wanted to uh, enlighten anyone else who hadn't. I mean, I think there's some crossover between our listeners and some of the other podcasts that you've been on. Uh, but th those are the things that, uh, some of the things I actually know about you from listening to other shows and everything and find interesting, but let's go ahead and let Richard ask you some questions. He's sitting over there chomping at the bit. He doesn't have any questions. Oh, sure. He does. I don't have any questions. I'm playing in the chat room y'all. <laughs> <laughs> they may not be relevant questions, but you've got questions <laughs> about a umlaut. And I don't know what the hell that is. And we got to talking about naked people in bars and, and nice. Loop ups and, <laughs> and it's just getting all crazy. See, see what y'all miss when y'all don't come and do the show live. Y'all have to listen to the recorded version. <laughs> Well, if, if you want to bring up some of the goofy stuff from the, uh, and I said stuff, from the chat room, go ahead. Did I say again? No, you didn't. And I was, that's what I was thinking, though. Just, that's out of my mouth every time it opens. Uh, why don't you ask our guest a question? Oh, ask a question. Yeah, that white, so what's that, it like working with Peter 64? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's just such an honor, really. It's just... Uh, He's such a professional. You, you'd really all that stuff, all that wackiness and craziness, and the Australian accent—it's all fake. The, the man's like, he's—he's he's a total actor, and he's really, really good at it. Well, actually, I've heard he's from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, he is. Actually, you're right. He's—he's he's, he's probably not too far from you. I can't. You might. You might see him at like the Austin uh, festival. I thought he was like a banker in Delaware or something. Well, you know, Henry Kissinger was from Louisiana. Yeah, listen to him sometimes. <laughs> yes, you can. Well, let me tell you, you guys can talk as long as y'all want because y'all are different than I am. What I do know is every show I've listened to, it has really been informative. And whereas I'm relatively, I consider myself relatively new to Linux. Uh, it's awful, except for the higher level, the shows where you're legitimately talking on the higher level subject. Um, it's rare that you go completely over my head. So I'm able to keep up. And if I can keep up, it shouldn't be hard for anybody. <laughs> are, are you making him blush? Is that what's going on here? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, sort of. No, I mean, you know, it's it's cool because um, I, I do think that documentation is important and tutorials and stuff, and I just think there needs to be a little bit more of it, but not just more of it, like actually more of it that's really, really helpful. <laughs> because, I mean, I just, all, all the time I'm finding some post somewhere that completely has information or it advertises in the title that it's going to tell you how to do something. And then you read the whole article for like half an hour and you're like going through it. And then at the very end, it like sort of falls apart. They just kind of like, they, they, they get off onto a tangent or whatever they trying to tell you doesn't really work and stuff like that. Or they're just not explaining it well, you know, just whatever. So it's, it's tough. It's tough to be a new, new Linux user sometimes. Oh, See, Russ and I don't have that synchro thing on yet. Go ahead, Russ. No, I, I said he's been listening to our show where we sort of get 90, 90% of the way through a topic and then fall apart at the end. That's exactly what happens over here. <laughs> no, no. Hey, Russ, actually, because, I mean, the screen thing that you did was really, really helpful, and and that was really cool. And I use screen. I've used screen for a long time, but half the stuff that you were mentioning where it was just like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I never thought to remap the, the key the keyboard shortcut uh, control, you know, how control A is the thing that switches you from screen to screen. Never thought to remap that until the episode on screen. So I really appreciated that segment. Well, you also have the thing about remapping the caps lock key to be your control character, which is interesting. I've been thinking about doing that to have the control key on the the home row. Um, yeah, you should you should do it. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, uh, and for most people, you, you realize that if you look at the control key, or the, I'm sorry, not the control key, but the caps lock key, um, the only reason I use the caps lock key is, to, is uh, to find out if the keyboard's actually working, because it lights up the little light <laughs> when it's plugged in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't actually use it as a caps lock key, because why the hell would you? So, yeah, to map that as a control character, so I don't have to do this little... Uh, uh, pinky contortion thing when I want to type a control character. Uh, definitely need to work on that. Yeah, you know, you'd think after, I don't know how long keyboards have been around, but I mean, for a long time, I mean, 100 or probably 100 years now, I mean, you'd think after a while, after bending your small finger down there like that, I mean, someone would have, I don't know, there should be a commission against that. That's a horrible, <laughs> a horrible thing that we have to do to get from from there to there. So the the caps lock as control is a wonderful, wonderful modification. Now, Peter64 is in the chat room. If Peter64 would like to uh, connect his Australian butt up to Skype, we'll, we'll get you on here. Don't forget Az. Is Azimuth in the, in the chat, too? Oh, this could become Linux cranks really fast. <laughs> That's what really I'm fast. That's what I tried to tell the nice lady from OLF, you know, she didn't want me and Russ up there because we hooked up with you guys and then there had been fires and naked women and and airplanes falling from the sky and it's a <laughs> horrible, horrible thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all right. So, well, oh, uh, he doesn't, who doesn't use Skype? Well, that, that's not, who cares that's, about you, Kilo Bravo 7, Charlie Fox Delta? That's Asmus. That's what? That's azimuth. KB7CFD is azimuth? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Y- you can tell because he can't spell. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I apologize, azimuth. I didn't know that was you. Can't you see that he doesn't use Skippy? Skip- yeah, Skypey. 
<laughs> I should have guessed by that seven call. We don't see seven calls a lot, and I know he's out in Idaho. And so is Zoak. Now, Zoak's in London, but he tries to get everybody to think he's in Nevada. All right, we're getting a little far afield here. We're, we're trying to focus on Klaatu. What show are we on again? Yeah, I don't remember. This it is uh, li- li- Linux in the Hamjack Action Show from Jupiter Broadcasting. There you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Anyway. Well, Broadcasting I- from the little room out back. This is the Linux in the Hamjack Action Show. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Cranks reloaded. All right, we'll we'll give that one a try. Brought to you by Solent Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of classic sci-fi movies, that's what yeah, we need. I was just going to say Solent Green is one of the classics. That's a great one. That's it. They make it out of people. Hey, um, oh, oh, spoiler! Stallone. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Someone out there is is, is going to go see Soylent Green, and now they they know the ending. I'm sorry, the movie's not called Soylent Green, is it? Yes, it's yeah. called Soylent Green. It has Charlton Heston in it. Oh, I thought it was called something else. They they play no, uh, just Soylent they, Green. What is that? Uh, pastoral, I think, is number nine. Uh, when the old guy dies and he follows it to the plant. I'm telling the whole thing now, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, if you don't know the if you don't know the story of Soylent Green at this point, uh, it's too late for you. Yeah, you're right. Was it an HBR episode where you guys talked about uh, THX 1138? Yeah, that was one of the roundtable uh, episodes, which I, I think there's another one coming up on some other sci-fi, like an independent sci-fi film. So I like those things. The roundtables are, are, are interesting, especially the ones where we're talking about science fiction, because I'm obviously a sucker for science fiction. If, if you can somehow invite me into any of these that involve movies, I would so love that, because I am like totally... Uh, addicted to movies. <laughs> me too, me too, oh, okay. Me too, yeah, I will. Me too. All right, I'll. Yeah, I'll put you on the mailing list. I would have loved I mean, to everyone, talk to you. Honestly, everyone's invited. It's just a question of getting the word out that one is coming up. That seems to be a little bit. Um, we don't have that quite figured out. Perhaps you get. <laughs> yeah. Do you do them all via talk show or or what's the? Um, lately, we've been doing it on this great little uh, service by Fedora talk.fedoraproject.org. Uh, they have some conference rooms. Uh, you know, they just set up an asterisk box, and they've got conference rooms that you can call into. Uh, we have to record them locally, unlike TalkShoe that does the recording on their side. But uh, Fedora, the Fedora one's been working for us rather well because TalkShoe's a little bit funky. Yeah, I've noticed that about TalkShoe, and and so, and getting the audio levels right for people calling into TalkShoe can be uh, huge it's murder. Yeah, yeah, hugely problematic. Even levelators going like, "What the hell are you feeding me?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I sit there in audacity, and I, I throw a compressor on it, and a normalizer, and a leveler, and then I normalize it again. You know, it's just it's crazy to get them all sort of evened out. Right. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I hate to like sort of invite myself to the party, but if if you can get me in on one of those, that would be great because I love talking about movies. Cool, I will, I, I will invite you both. Um, there's one, like I say, coming up. I think March seventh, perhaps or eighth or something like that. So I will let you know. All right, fantastic. Um, <clears throat> all right. So what else can we talk to Clad to about here? What are you looking at? So is that your uh, your uh, Santa clip? No, that's my food dog. Is he invited? Oh, your food dog. Yeah. 
You know how you keep talking about Santa Clips all the time and how great they are and I lot you know, yada yada yada. They are clipperific. Yeah, see this right here? Look look there. What's that? Clipperific. I don't know. All I see is you talking. No, you will get there. I'll hold it up long enough. That would be a Santa Clip Plus. Yeah, it would. Got a little slot a slot in the side. Yeah, it I sure have does. The red one and the blue one. I don't have the black one yet. Well, the thing is, I bought this thing because I I have an Alpine stereo that that'll um, play video or I'm sorry, not video, but it'll play audio off a USB memory stick. And so I got this Sansa Clip Plus because basically, when you plug one of these into your your computer system, they show up as a USB storage device. And yes. if you're using something like G Potter, you can download all of your podcasts or your music or what what have you. And just copy them onto these, and it's just like copying your music into a folder on your system because it's just a USB storage device. But I plug this thing into my stereo, and it doesn't know what to do with it. But if I take a memory stick, an actual USB memory stick, you know, like a 2-gig or a 4-gig Kingston Traveler or something like that, and plug it into the stereo, works absolutely fine. So I don't know what's going on with that. Plug it in. Huh? How do you plug it in? USB. USB? You may have to change it from uh, auto to one or the other mode, MTP or MSC. Well, the stereo doesn't have that option. Does the Sansa Clip have that option? Yes, it does. And what? where do I set that? Uh, that's in the settings menu. Well, I'm looking at my Sansa Clip right now, and I've got the little home button. So I push the little home button. And I go to the settings here, settings. Under settings, you go to USB mode mode. and set it to like MSC. MTP is like an iPod and MSC works better for me on Linux. And then there's also auto detect, but it ain't worth a Okay. You're making more work for me, but it's all right. Well, I'll go ahead and set it to MSC and try it that way and see what happens. I'll, I'll report back. But I'd really like to get all my my uh, podcasts and, uh, set onto this thing um, because my Alpine stereo is freedom hating. It will not play Augs and it will not play Flax, whereas this will. So if I can get it to actually read off of this thing, it might actually work for me. I'm not sure. So what's your other? It's a, you said it's an Alpine. Yeah, it's my it's an Alpine car stereo in my truck. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. And you can just plug a USB stick into it, and it'll, in theory, play all the stuff that it supports. It'll play MP3s, AACs, and WMAs natively, but it does not play AUGs and FLAX. Gotcha. You know, it just has a USB connector you plug into the back of the the head unit, comes out through your dashboard, you can plug in a memory stick or an iPod or whatever. And it grocks iPod. And it grocks memory sticks, but like I said, I tried plugging in the Sansa clip to it, and it was like, ooh, what the hell is that? So uh, hopefully uh, hopefully with this uh, setting, it'll fix that, and it'll actually be able to read this thing, because I, th- um, I think it will take the audio as it's played from the Sansa, and since Sansa can play AUGs, it will actually handle that properly. I don't know. That would be nice. Yeah. But I'd like to have it work that way. Otherwise, I'm stuck with the uh, proprietary formats. If it works with MTP, if it works with an iPod, try MTP first. Okay, yeah, it does work with an iPod. In fact, there's an iPod adapter that converts uh, 
the USB into the iPod dock connector, and it does grok iPod. So if MTP is iPod style, I will give that a shot. And we got a question in the chat room. How much does a Sansa cost? Well, these Sansa clips are not video capable. Uh, they're only audio players, and that's why I use them, because I really don't do video. But uh, the Sansa Clip Plus over at Amazon.com is $43. That's 4-gig Sansa Clip Plus. Like I said, I'm really impressed with my uh, mine. In fact, one I keep showing y'all in the video here is my original clip. It's it's not a clip plus. It's just a four gig Sansa clip. The one he Russ showed you a while ago. I have the red one and the blue one, and I'm gonna get the black one, and I'm looking for a pink one. Uh, Ki four LLE in the chat room is asking about battery life on the Sansa clip, and the battery life on these is outstanding. Fifteen hours. Yeah, that's playtime. Continuous playtime. Yeah, and I, I got my Sansa clip plus here. This is the two gig version. For about, I think it was $36. And that's a brand new one, not a refurb. Wow, nice. Yeah. The the silver one I've been showing y'all was a refurb. It was around 30 bucks. But the, uh, yeah, the ones I, the ones I, other ones I have, I picked them up over at Amazon for 43 and that's brand new in the box with cables and all the crap pieces of paper they send with them. And not only can you load music on them, you can stick a micro SD card inside of them up to 16 gigs and make them bigger. And that's one of the reasons I bought them because if I get that 16 gig card, they'll, they'll hold almost as much stuff as my old iPod that died not too long ago. Yeah, my Alpine does handle the iPods nice, uh, and it will actually show the screen uh, on the screen. My my stereo is the um, what is it? The i it's like the i uh, yeah uh, it's like the IXA CD001 or something like that. Anyway, it has a screen not unlike an iPod screen, and when you plug an iPod into it and shove it under your dashboard, all of the control is handled through the head unit. And it will actually show you the iPod display. It'll show you the, you know, what's what's playing, who's the artist, and all that information. And it will kind of do that for the USB sticks too. It's a little more primitive, but I'd surely like to get this Sansa clip to work because I'd rather tie up my little uh, forty dollars Sansa than my iPod for for this purpose. See, we've lost Clayton. He's in the chat room. He ain't never coming back. No, I'm I'm still here. I'm listening. I'm I'm in, totally interested in clips. Oh, don't don't worry about Richard. He's he's that way. He's gonna run out and get a hand of a handful of them tonight. He's gonna name them all Gort. You know, I'm really not going to because I mean, I I got this like I don't know how old it is now, like a fourth generation iPod that I dug out of a trash can and put a new hard drive into it and put Rockbox on it so it plays uh, all the free formats that I need and. I just don't need to upgrade that thing. I, I have not ever bought an MP3 player yet or a media player so far. And if I can keep it that way, I'm fine with that. I'm, I did uh, Rockbox on one of my Nanos for a while, and I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, the screen on the Nano was so small that I I had a hard time reading it. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, you can. did you ever try making it a different theme? At least the, the latest versions of Rockbox... There's a lot of different themes, and you can make the text either, you know, a lot smaller or a lot larger than sort of the default. Yeah, I was using the Ubuntu theme, and I could get it plenty large. The problem is to get it large enough for me to be able to see it on a nano screen. Yeah. 
one but two or three letters at a time. <laughs> right. Uh-oh. Russ is showing something. Hold it still, brother. No, I couldn't. I, there was, uh, it's too bright, actually, on the Sansa screen, but I was I was holding it up to the, the camera there because what uh, what I'm currently listening to is uh, the Bad Apples Linux podcast on my little Sansa clip here. Oh, very nice. <laughs> you need to turn the bright down on it, brother. Turn the bright down. No, I, I don't care about it that much, honestly. I really don't. Um, just like that. Yeah, yours is just as garbled as mine was. That's because it's too bright. <laughs> Somebody smack him. Anyone in the Dallas area, <laughs> I'll pay you. Go over there. Anyway, I just rockboxed my fifth gen, and uh, it it I downloaded like every available theme when I did it, and uh, it came out pretty nice. I like the way it works. It, it's a little weird to kind of get used to the way Rockbox handles the the um, the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but once once you get past that, uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, you know what? Me too, uh, Richard. I mean, after a while, you get so used to the way Rockbox does it. Literally, if someone hands me one of their iPods and I try to navigate around in it, I'm just like, this makes no sense. And it never made any sense. Like the iPod way, the button labeled menu is actually a back button. You know, you're just like, how does that equate? There's no, it doesn't make any inherent sense. So, yeah, I like the way Rockbox does it. I've got a 30 gig here that died not too long back. And if I ever do get the time to, uh, rebuild it and get it working, uh, when it comes back up, it's going to have rock box on it instead of the other. Cause, um, I, I was impressed with rock box. There's no reason to do it on these clips because the, the software on there, the main reason I did it with the nanos so I could play aug files, but, uh, the nanos already do that. So there's no reason for me to rock box them. And um, I'm kind of getting used to the interface on the clips. Yeah, the clip the clip interface is actually fairly intuitive. I, I don't see anything wrong with it straight out of the box. So the clip actually has like a screen with menus and stuff. Then I, I mean, I haven't seen them. So yeah, I mean, they're extremely small. I mean, the clip I'm looking at is about one inch wide by about two inches tall, and maybe wow. um, maybe three quarters of an inch deep with the with the belt clip. <laughs> And the screen is uh, about about one, maybe one and a quarter inch diagonal. But considering how small it is, the screen is bright and very clear. And when you use the buttons to navigate, there's no question about what you're doing. It's very, very intuitive, very easy to navigate. We're going to do a size comparison on the video for you guys in the chat room because nobody can see me when uh, it comes out. But that's how big the Sansa clip is. And the, even the silver one's not any bigger than the new ones. Yeah, I think the two plus maybe a hair smaller than that. It's about just almost exactly the size of two two AA batteries. Yeah, this is the AA. So for those of y'all in the chat room that are watching the video, there you go. Yeah, you you could you could put two AAA batteries into it if it were completely devoid of electronics. <laughs> it's where you keep your dope. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's no need for any kind of special interface, i.e. iPod and iTunes, with the clips, right? You just plug it in and drop the music in or what? Exactly. You plug it in, it shows up as a storage device, in, in other words, a disk device. Nice. Um, they work as a FAT, FAT16 file system, I believe. Yes, yeah, FAT16 or VFAT. And... Uh I listen to a lot of audiobooks, so I just take the audiobook out of the, out of where I have them stored on the hard drive 
pull the folder over and drop it in the audiobook um, uh, directory on the uh, on the clip, and it transfers it over. And uh, as long as ID three tags work, it'll have them in proper order and tell you the name of it, and what track it is, and everything else. Without does it does have, it do a sorry does it do a pretty good job of like bookmarking where you were in in the audiobook? Like if you turn it off or yes. decide to go listen to some music or something? Yes, it does. Yeah, I use yeah. three of them, so I don't use that function very often. But if yes, uh, if you stop the book and then you go and plug it in to recharge it, when you uh, take it off, it'll still be where you uh, where you paused it. See, that's funny because a friend of mine has um, an iPod running the Apple firmware, and she she's listening to some books that I guess weren't officially blessed and sanctioned by by Apple or by iTunes. And she cannot get it to bookmark her place to save her life. She just cannot get it to do that. And my my Rockbox does it, you know, perfectly. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, all my audio Audible books, when I was running them on the iPod, they would do that. But the ones that I have collected over time or converted from uh, cassette or something like that wouldn't do it. And I'm sure it had something to do with the uh, added stuff they put on there when they stick the DRM on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. I mean, I think there's a different a format to allow bookmarking, but but Rockbox does it, I guess, uh, with a bookmark file or something, and it kind of just says, "Hey, you know, this is where you left off. So next time you say, you know, go to this book and continue playing, you can continue playing from that bookmark file, and it, it picks up right where you were. It's it's really really nice. Well, it takes what a few bytes to write um, an index marker on a on a file. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. The 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 software for the clip is also, uh, as far as I can tell, is relatively young, and they're continuously putting out upgrades to it, or upgrades for the uh, yeah the operating system for it, and they keep they keep adding stuff and making. They're never the last three upgrades I've done, they weren't moving backwards. They were continuously moving forward, and they weren't having to fix a lot of bugs along the way. All right. So do we have anything else we want to bring up? I don't know. I need to get another beer. Yeah. I, me, uh, I talked like Fab. Uh, Fab from the Linux Outlaws. Yeah. Clap. <laughs> we love Fab. Fab, <laughs> you listen to our show. Uh, we love you, man. Yeah, we, really we do. do. We the show's love a little you. long, so I don't listen to it as often as I should. But we love you, man. We love you. And Dan, too. Gotta love Dan. Yeah, Dan, too. <laughs> oh, that was heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> now, I said it I said it and meant it. I mean, I love Dan. No, I could tell. But, but Richard was just like, yeah, and Dan. Dan, too. <laughs> hey, Too late, Richard. We know how you feel now. Hey, look, I followed both of them over on Identica, and they but we talk. We're, we're friendly. I was trying to get Fab to go get after Bert and Ernie one time. He's like, "Oh, they're not worth it." <laughs> it was a really bad German accent, and I am laughing, <laughs> and I am laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, do we have anything else we want to talk to Clatu about before we take another break and go into the rest of the feedback? I could talk to Klatu all night, but we probably need to take a break because the guys, the guys in the uh, in the chat room are probably sitting there. Oh my good lord! Three thirty. Oh God, will they ever shut up? Three yeah. thirty showed up in the chat room. Oh my God! 
let's all leave right now. Let's end the show. <laughs> it's over. Keep... It's over if you shut up. Somebody boot him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. For the love of God, Russ. <laughs> all right. Music coming up. Everybody stand by while we deal with 3.30. We'll be back in a minute. We're back. Everybody's had a chance to get something to drink and smoke a cigarette and do all kinds of things that I can't talk about on this podcast without losing us our tag. So, uh, we go, I think we're going to get back to, uh, feedback. Is that what we're going to get back to, Russ? Take it away. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and get through some of this feedback just so I can get it all in here. Probably going to have to race through it, but, uh, I'm going to address this one because this is the one that you don't know about and it disparages you. So are you ready? You're going to listen close, right? 
Yeah, go ahead so I can be mean. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear how you deal with this one. But anyway, this is from Larry, Whiskey Zero Alpha Yankee. Got that? Make sure you remember it, Whiskey Zero Alpha Yankee. Don't give me that head shake. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. Here it is. And just remember, I'm the messenger. Okay. Okay. Larry says, sorry to hear about Richard's misfortune, but the three of you... Kilo Alpha 9 Whiskey Kilo Alpha and Whiskey Alpha Zero Echo India Romeo, that would be Bill and Ted, more than made up for his absence. Number 31 was one of your best shows since I've been listening. Audio quality was generally excellent, good topics at the intersection of ham radio and Linux. The show reminded me of the early days of my early days in amateur radio in the 50s and 60s, and the group in western Nebraska, which was on 160-meter single sideband almost every night. A great round table. So many things have changed since I was last involved in amateur radio that it's nice to catch up. One thing which irritates me, however, when Richard is on the program, I get the feeling he suffers from COPD and that I can hear every labored breath he takes. Frequently, I think I can hear him eating or typing on the keyboard. A software mute switch on Richard's outgoing audio deactivated by his holding down the space bar would be greatly appreciated. This is especially irritating since I normally listen to the podcast on my imitation iPod using earbuds. I know this topic was broached on a previous show and Richard took the criticism personally, so please use discretion. I don't <laughs> I don't intend to demean anyone. I'd make the same complaint when someone else at the unmuted mic. It just seems to me a technological fix could be gently and humanely implemented. So that's my feedback. Great show. I look forward to future episodes. Thanks to all. Larry Whiskey Zero, Alpha Yankee. Take it away, Richard. Well, thank you for your constructive feedback. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're uh, listening to the show and that you are paying attention and, and that I understand it does bother you. We've had had someone say something about that before, and I would just like you to know that bite me. I'm so glad I'm muted. That's great. <laughs> Actually, to tell you the truth, uh, this is a privately funded outfit, and we're fixing to incur more expenses than we've been incurring in the past. And one of the things that uh, we are avoiding by the fact that Richard doesn't have a no noise gate at this point, even though he will attempt to get one in the future when it is possible, uh, is the fact that this is not a pay program. This is a free program. Uh, if we had to, uh, if it were a pay program and we had money coming in all the time, uh, other than what comes out of pocket, Richard would have a noise gate. And we will, like I said, be operating in that direction. Now, for all of you out there who have trouble with Richard's heavy breathing in the microphone, um, unfortunately, until I'm able to add some more equipment, which is not happening for me at this point, uh, you are welcome to go over to Amazon.com, go to Resonant Frequency or RFPodcast.info, click through to Amazon.com, find the noise gate of your choice, and either purchase that bad boy and ship it to my location, I'm good in the call book, or purchase a gift certificate for the amount and apply it to me. But until we are able to uh, uh, take care of that, enough donations come in on the other show because we don't stroke donations on this show. Uh, until enough don donations come in on the other show to pay for that piece of equipment, 
over and above the extra expense we're going to incur uh, because of problems we're having with our uh, service provider at the moment. If you'd like to take care of it, please do so. But until then, you're going to have to listen to me. And unfortunately, I'm a smoker. So use an external speaker. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Love, love. <laughs> All right. Uh, one, two, three, the Beatles song. Good. All because you I, need I, is love, love. Okay, anyway. Yeah, I'm in a good mood because I done chewed the ass smooth off of my daughter-in-law's mother this afternoon, so I'm just not in the mood to chew anybody else. So what else you got, Russ? All right, well, let's see. We got a quick mention over at the LinuxJournal.com magazine. Uh, there's a little thing where they mention some of the digital amateur radio information, and in a comment to the post, somebody anonymously said, great podcast about Linux and ham radio called Linux in the Ham Shack. Uh, lots of info on FL Digi. And there's no information about who posted it, but it's there. came in as a Google alert. So thank you very much, whoever you are. You know who you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's see what else we got. I got a bunch of stuff. It's all it's all little like Google Alert typey stuff though. Okay, well, go ahead. Yeah, I'm working on it. Okay, this thing, I'm not sure where it came from, but it's um this this was interesting. This is the first I've ever seen of this. There's a PDF that was apparently exported from a PowerPoint presentation or an openoffice.org presenter uh PowerPoint I hate to use the word PowerPoint because that's a Microsoft thing, but you know what I'm talking about, presentation. Some that there slideshow. Yeah, some, a slideshow thingy censored. And it came from Kilo 3 Delta Charlie, and it's a 22-page slideshow. And at the end, the last slide mentions Linux in the ham shack and gives our URL. Now, this looks like a presentation that may have been given at a um, club meeting or something like that. And I didn't check to see where Kilo 3 Delta Charlie was, but it's, it's in here. And if you want to go to Kilo, uh, let's see, the URL is www.kilo3deltacharlie.com stroke lhs.pdf. Uh, it talks about lots of different stuff, uh, software for Linux, Whisper, gpredict, uh, and all kinds of other things having to do with Linux and amateur radio. And like I said, we're listed as a resource on the final slide. So I'm not not sure what this was for, where it came from, or why it exists. Uh, but if you're interested, you can maybe email Kilo Three Delta Charlie. But anyway, there there it is. Came as came in as a Linux uh, in the Ham Shack Google alert. Well, thank you, Chris, for uh, putting that on your web page before you upgraded. And uh, we will uh, definitely point people over that way so they can take a look at your site. How do I know his name was Chris? I don't know. How did you know his name was Chris? Because I have QRZ.com. Oh, and you were looking it up while I was talking. His name is Chris in Georgia. Georgia? Georgia. All right. What? Oh, let's see. What do we got here? Okay, I got a thing. It looks like th- this is kind of an interesting one. This came in as a Google alert, but it's a Google alert from a paste bin. Okay, this is going to be too too bizarre to explain. But anyway, basically what happened was... Somebody pasted the log from an IRC chat, and it was picked up by a Google alert in which there's a bot called the QRZ bot on an IRC channel. The the IRC is FNET, 
dot net, I believe. E F N E T dot net. Do you, do you know? Are you familiar with that cloud too? Yeah, yeah. Fnet is an IRC uh, server. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, anyway, I, I was. I'm not familiar with the name of the the uh, website or the um, channel that it's on, but there's a amateur radio group that hangs out on fnet.net and IRC. That's what was being logged to a pastebin account and got picked up by Google. So apparently, whenever we release an episode, the QRZ bot announces it on that fnet.net channel. So that, that's what that's cool. all about. Uh, I hope that made some kind of sense, but... <laughs> nope, too complicated. Too complicated? All right. Brain fry. <laughs> okay, well, I do have a couple more bits of feedback, so we might as well get to them. Here's one from Jim, and Jim is November 2, Echo November, November. And he says, this is in reference to something we talked about, and uh, hopefully it will become clear what that was when I read this. There's three microphone technologies in use in two-way radio, crystal, Delta 104, dynamic and electric capacitor, or condenser, for people that learned electronics before 1920. All are long off patent and can be identified by looking inside the mic case. Any mic can be replaced with any other of the same technology, provided that the switches are compatible and the mic impedance is reasonably close. If you replace a mic and get absolutely no audio, either you are using the wrong type, or the audio wire is broken or shorted at the plug strain relief. Boy, this is uh, pretty complicated stuff here he's got. Or your sensor is broke. No, my sensor's not broke. He's apparently a real ham, ham radio operator. No, that would be why the mic don't work. <laughs> was, it you, was it you, Ted, or was it Bill who was ranting about the Yezu? Okay, it was Bill. I don't know. I wasn't here. Uh, on the subject of proprietary hardware and drivers... Personal computers are built to run Windows. Some of the hardware, especially graphics and wireless devices, are evolving too rapidly for patents to keep up. So the manufacturers protect them through trade secrets. Since the source code for a graphics driver would give clues to the geometry of the graphics chip, it's closed source to keep the competition out. Wireless cards are another issue. Since they are, for the most part, software-defined radios, the software has to be submitted to the FCC along with the hardware for type approval. Also, since the itty-bitty micro on the wireless card doesn't run Intel code, you can't make code for it with GCC and GNU libraries, hence the binary blob. An open-source wireless driver for a software-defined license-free transmitter is an invitation for a smackdown from the FCC. From a manufacturer's point of view, Linux is total chaos. There are two graphic systems, Xorg and Xfree, that are in a constant state of flux. Since there is virtually no hardware abstraction and every driver is kernel level, all drivers pretty much have to be built for the computer the driver is to run on. A driver for Ubuntu won't work for Fedora or even Ubuntu Studio. Xorg does a total rewrite, and all drivers are broken until the maintainers can find time after work, weekends, vacations to fix them for the new code. No manufacturer will deal with this. Linux on the desktop will be ready for prime time when a manufacturer can release a simple-to-install driver and expect the hardware to work properly with the driver for at least three years. In order for this to happen, the OS will have to take on the characteristics of a virtual machine, showing the kernel a generic abstraction of the hardware so the kernel and OS can evolve without breaking everything. And that's from Jim, November 2, Echo, November, November. 
And there's a whole lot of information in there, and I'm not sure we're equipped to address it at this point. I probably should hold that one off until the next episode, because there's a lot of stuff we can talk about there. There's just there's a lot there that doesn't seem to sound right at all to me. I mean, like a lot. Unfortunately, the problem is there's no way to address this from just what I just read, because we haven't had time to even look at any of what he's just said. So I apologize, Jim. First of all, thanks for the information that you sent us particularly about the microphones and stuff. But I have a feeling that what we're going to do is we're going to table this email of yours till the next episode where we can properly take a look at what you've said and find a way to address whether we feel like what you say is true, false, whether we agree with it, et cetera, and so forth, and maybe look at the technologies you mentioned and decide whether we feel like um, what you say is on the mark or if we have some issue with it. So, we will bring this up in a future episode. I've got an idea. All right, what's your idea? We have three cranks, and we have two real radio operators, uh, and we need to gather all of them up in one spot at one time, and we'll just all have that, Jim. <laughs> well, I don't want Jim to feel like we're going to be like a lynch mob or anything like that, because what he say may be... You know, at least in part correct, but, you know, uh, we'll definitely have to address this at a later time because there's no way we can, uh, uh, it would take a whole episode to, uh, to talk about this one email. Okay. So, well, in that um, case, Jim, thank you for your, thank you for your email. It was very informative about the microphones and stuff, uh, where the Linux operating system is concerned. You might possibly be spot on, but, um, I don't think you are, so bite me. <laughs> okay and don't let that summation follow you and curse you till the end of your days because we will talk about that in episode number 34 rest assured right right until then bite me <laughs> until then let me translate richard has no idea what i just read and he's saying bite me because he has no other response uh, the attitudes and opinions of Richard are not necessarily the attitudes and opinions of Russ, K5TUX. No, Russ is a nice guy, he's sick. Well, let us check into it, and we'll see if you're correct, or, or if we may be able to give you some guidance in another direction. Exactly. I'm too much in touch with my mortality. I ain't got time for all that crap. Bite me. <laughs> Personally, I'd rather keep Jim as a listener. So, as I said. Send money, Jim. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more to go here that I need to talk about uh, contests, hamvention, and then we're out. Here's one from Glenn, Kilo Delta 5, Victor Quebec Delta. It says, with all your talk on the last episode of Linux in the Ham Shack, I like to call, I like to call you Linux on a ham sandwich. I'm not sure if that's a uh, compliment or not, but I'll take it as one. I was reminded of the enclosed PDF I created some time ago when I was more active in amateur radio. It's a wallet-sized card with whole, the whole phonetic alphabet on it. Never got around to distributing, and I can't remember why. If you find it useful, go ahead and pass it along. Well, I'm going to go ahead and post this PDF on our articles page on the website at lhsinfo.org so people can download it, print it out, and do their little home lamination with it, keep it in their wallets if they like. I did check it out, and it's pretty good. And if you ever forget the radio... Uh, radio-defined call words for a particular letter, like Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is a great flashcard that you can keep with you. So what do you think about that, Richard? Bye, me.
No, 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 no. Thank you. And there you go, folks. That's what you get when you listen to Linux in a Ham Shack. Free stuff, free stuff all the time at Linux in a Ham Shack. Actually, thank you. And that's something that uh, needs to be handed around. I'll tell you right now, I get so tired of people talking about their, their rusty old rowboat and stuff when, when, uh, the, the last part of their call is ROB. So, uh, we can darn sure have some training on phonetics. So that right there, like, and free stuff is even better. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for sending that in, Glenn. And uh, like I said, I will post it on our articles page, and if anyone's interested in downloading that, they can find it there. So thank you. Thank you very much. And I got one more thing, and that thing is uh, we got a couple of mentions on a blog by Klaatu, and they were both about music. So I'm going to let Klaatu here uh, address both of those things. He said he found one of them earlier, and one was about a post on his personal blog about uh, music I posted in, or aired in the last episode from uh, Desert Heart Bloom. So uh, go ahead, Klaatu, uh, fill us in on what you were talking about. Get him, Klaatu, tell him to bite me. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, I mentioned you, um, Russ, because in episode, I think it was 31, actually, um, you played a song by Dead Heart Bloom. I think it's deadheartbloom.com, and the name of the song was... Uh, Flash in a bottle, and it was just really, really good. So I checked out their other albums, and I, I, I thought they were really, really good too. And uh, lately, I've just been listening to a lot of independent music. Um, I didn't realize how much independent music I had actually, but uh, I filled up my entire uh, Rockbox iPod, 20 gigs of just pretty much independent music, and uh, been really enjoying it. So yeah, just Dead Heart Bloom. Anyone else liked the music in episode 31, check them out, because all their EPs are pretty good, I think, and free to download, and they're downloadable in AUG, FLAC, AAC, MP3, I mean, just anything you can imagine. All right, that's excellent. I do appreciate hearing. Uh, there, there have been a few comments, you know, over the past 33 episodes about uh, the music that I've picked out, and I, I do want to say that I, I do actually spend some time picking out the music, and in a lot of cases... It, it may not be particularly relevant, but the music that I pick has something to do with the episode that it's contained in. People may or may not realize that, but I do, I do actually spend a lot of time about it. I do love independent music, Creative Commons music, and I spend a lot of time listening to it. And, uh, I've heard some of the junk that gets thrown into other podcasts. And, uh, I, I love, I love the doing the podcast as far as talking about Linux, talking about amateur radio. And as much as I love that, uh, I love putting in good music. So when someone actually comments about it or, or mentions the fact that, you know, they found something because they heard it on Linux in the Ham Shack, uh, I really appreciate that. Dead Heart Bloom is one of the ones that got mentioned. Um, another Linux crank or, or another uh, IRC denizen, Cafe Ninja, said he really liked a song by a group called Ten Penny Joke that was... Uh, in the last episode or two. And, uh, there, there have been a, a few others that have been mentioned. So, uh, if you have a, you know, a thought, good or bad, about the music in the show, please let me know. I appreciate it very much. He hasn't come up with a clunker yet, except maybe some of that Jonathan Colton stuff. Now, don't be dissing Jonathan Colton. We'll have to have <laughs> words. We, we will come to words, my friend. And you aren't that far away. Ha <laughs> ha! 
<laughs> I'm just picking at you. <laughs> no, I don't care. You can see code monkey. You can <laughs> you can hate Joko if you like. I really don't care. Nah, it, I, all the stuff is good. In fact, I didn't really like our theme music when we started out, y'all, but it, it's grown on me. It has really grown on me. Okay. Are you finished with all your stuff for us? Oh, no. I've got lots more to talk about, but what do you got? Uh, well, I just want to take a few minutes to let everybody know, listeners to this show, listeners to the other show, that uh, we are currently having issues at the folks that host both the programs for us, our hosting service, and that we, they, I know there are errors coming up occasionally when y'all try and download. And when I talked to customer service, their response was, uh, well, then you need to get one of our $85 a month servers. And no, it's not happening. So here in the next few months, we may be migrating to a new site. We're giving y'all plenty of lead time so y'all can keep up. Uh, we'll keep everything posted on the, uh, on the two websites so that y'all can keep up with what's going on. And if for some reason we disappear on y'all and you don't know where we went, then, uh, go check out, uh, uh, rfpodcast.info for that show and check out, uh, lhsinfo.org for this show and, uh, all the information should be there. So, uh, you want, you want to cuss about the provider a little bit, Russ, or are we going to do something else? No, we're going to do something else because the show's gone pretty long already and I could spend at least 20 minutes talking about our provider right now. Okay. All right, I'm going to run through the rest of this really fast, and I'm going to post the information on the website so that everybody who gets blown off by how fast I go through the rest of this will have some place to go. If you miss something out of what I'm going to say in the next two minutes, go to lhsinfo.org. The first is, our first donation thing is, is out of the way because we managed to get our funding for the Dayton Hamvention. We will be at the Dayton Hamvention. I've got our booth reserved. Our booth is in the North Hall, and it's booth 265. So if you go to the hamvention.org website and look up NH, that's November Hotel, 0265, you will see where we will be. So if people are wondering if I actually use that money to buy a booth at the Hamvention as opposed to a new microphone, I really did. Okay, so anyway, November Hotel 0265. That information will be on the website. Second, the new donation is up on the website, lhsinfo.org, and that donation is to buy Richard a noise gate. We talked about that uh, earlier. And so the next money that we get, the next goal, once we reach it, we'll purchase that device for Richard, and you won't have to hear him breathing into the microphone anymore. There ought to be two people who donate very heavily very soon. Anyway, we'll see what happens about that. But that's what the next donation goal is for. And it's a lot more uh, reachable than the invention one. So we, we should hit this one pretty fast. At least I hope so. Okay, next thing is I plan, I don't know about Richard, but I certainly plan and am planning to be at Southeast Linux Fest. That's in Spartanburg, South Carolina, at the Marriott at Renaissance Park from June 11th through June 13th. I plan on being there. I plan on bringing Linux in the ham shack there. So I hope everybody who can be at Southeast Linux Fest shows up there. I don't know if Klatu's going to be there or not, but I think he was thinking about it. Maybe not. Oh, I'm going to be there, yeah. All right. So uh, definitely, if you want to hook up with Klatu, he will be at Southeast Linux Fest. 
99% sure that I'll be there as well. Richard, yes, no, maybe, probably not, probably so. Well, self's a little far away from me. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll try and give it a shot, but it, it was like pulling teeth to even possibly have the uh, possibility of making Dayton. But uh, self's a little while off, and uh, uh, we'll see what we can do. But uh, I, I'll try, y'all. If, if not, I'll carry the weight. I'll, I'll be Atlas. I will, I will bear the burden. Okay, two, two last things before we kind of wrap this thing up. Two contests that I want to announce. Bill will probably fill out the details in the show notes, or I'll post them on the website or something like that. But anyway, two contests. One is a logo contest. The logo that I've created for Linux in the Hamshack needs an update, and we need it fast because we want to have something good to put on T-shirts, banners, buttons, stickers, etc. before we get to the Dayton Hamvention. Here's how the logo contest is going to go. If you are an artist or know how to make a logo or are good with a paint program, please submit an original logo to us. We would love to have you try. The, the logo needs to illustrate Linux in the Ham Shack as a podcast and as a product. It has to be in a very large format. We would like to have it in TIFF format or scalable vector graphic, SVG if possible. Otherwise, you can have it in a, you know, a lossy format like JPG if it's big enough. The deadline for submissions for these logos will be March 31st. And if you are selected as the winner and you have provided us with a logo that we can use to put on T-shirts and banners and so on and so forth, the first prize will be $100. US If you have a, a way to do a logo, please get that done. We would love to have any submissions and we really, really need a logo because the one that I came up with is total crap. So anyway, there's that. Now, we also have another contest, and this one is for intros to the program. Uh, a few a few of the previous episodes have had intros that we got recorded uh, by the kind nature of those at the Ohio Linux Fest who were kind enough to say things like, I'm so-and-so from such-and-so a place, and you're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. And I'm going to post a basic promo text on the website at lhsinfo.org. And you can go by that text or you can go by your own text if you want. But it in some way has to be an intro to the program. You have to mention Linux in the Ham Shack. You can tell us who you are, tell us whatever interests you. But in some way it has to be an intro to the show. And I will give uh, basic information on that on the website. Now you can do, you can record this two ways. You can use Audacity or some other sound recorder on your system, record it, edit it, whatever, send it in WAV format, MP3, AAC, AUG, FLAC, whatever, and send it to us. Or you can call our phone numbers. Toll free, that would be 888-455-0305, and you can record the intro. Or if you can't call US or Canada toll free numbers, you can use 417. 417- Four two nine four zero six nine. You can go ahead and recall uh, record your intro that way. From all the entries that we get, the winner will be chosen at random. If you happen to call our toll-free number or our toll number and record your information, or I'm sorry, and record your intro to the show that way, you'll actually get two entries to be chosen. If you do it offline. Uh, with a sound recording program and email it to us, you'll only get one. 
The winner of that will be chosen at random because we will play all of the intros we get at some point in later programs. And the winner, who, like I said, will be chosen at random, will get 25 U.S. dollars. Those are the two contests we've got running. Hopefully we'll get it. Uh, I'm hoping for lots and lots and lots of entries on those. Uh, if you have questions, go ahead and email me or Richard. And we will give you our uh, contact information now, I think, since I'm done rambling. And Richard's looking at the floor like, man, why won't he shut up? So uh, go ahead, Richard. Yeah, especially on the, uh, yeah, you guys, especially on the, uh, this is uh, such and such for Linux and the Ham Shack. We want women, lots of women, 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 women. We'll take the guys, but you only get 25 bucks. The women get 25 bucks and a thanks. <laughs> In fact, we'll put them on a payroll for the same thing that Bill's making. The exact same thing. So y'all get those rolling on in. Okay, then we come to the portion of our program that which we call Pimping the Podcast. Pimping the Podcast. Uh you gotta love it. We we've never had any response on it as far as feedback, but I don't care. Because if these people take the time to come on the show, then dad gum it, I'm gonna give them some time to talk about their shows. So uh Klatu, before you go. Could you t- give us some information on one, two, a dozen, fifteen hundred of your shows, any, any and all? Uh, tell these folks how they can find you. Yes, thank you. Um, people can find me at thebadapples.info for my own show. They can find me at the hacker public, or rather hackerpublicradio.org, uh, where I do some episodes for that. Um, and sometimes. I do a show called Fedora Reloaded, which is all about the Fedora Linux distribution. Uh, but we haven't released an episode in like months, but that should be changing here pretty soon. And that's, I think right now it's the badapples.info slash Fedora Reloaded. So, um, those are the places to find me. And you can also find me in, uh, IRC. If you go on IRC much, I'm usually on irc.freenode.net in Anything with Linux in the title, any channel with Linux in the title, pretty much. Linux cranks, a uh, lot of Linux links, Slacker, uh, Slackware, Slacker Media, places like that. And my nick on there is not Klaatu. Well, if it's not Klaatu, what is it? Uh, right, it is not <laughs> Klaatu. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are curious, and since I love doing the phonetic thing, that's November Oscar Tango, Kilo Lima, Alpha Alpha, Tango Uniform. Not Klaatu. Ta-da! That's what I Thank said. You. If it's not Klaatu, what is it? Exactly. We're not doing a who's on first thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, y'all go over and check out uh, Klaatu's podcast. Yeah, he shows up on on different ones all the time. Y'all go see him in the IRC chat room. Uh, yeah, hell, write him an email and tell him how much you appreciate it. He came on Linux in a ham shack. But whatever you do, don't ask him to show you his gort. Uh, no, actually, speaking of showing you my gort, there is a site that I that I run called UnixPorn.com, and it's not porn. It's actually just Unix, but if people go there and want to check it out, it's really cool. It's just a whole bunch of screenshots of people's desktops, you know, just like whatever they're running, whether it's GNOME, KDE, Fluxbox, LXDE, just whatever. It's just random people posting pictures of the computer, the, you know, their Linux computer, uh, what they're staring at every day when they're sitting in front of their computer. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy, 
but feel free to register and post pictures of your your desktop. You know, just show people what you look at every day when you're using your Linux box. And it's basically kind of geared toward people who are stuck at work or whatever, and they're staring at Windows or staring at Mac, and they start to get that itch for, you know, looking at Linux. You can go to unixporn.com and get your fix. There you have it. Something for everybody. Even though if he had one, at least one of my desktops over here up on his site, it would actually be Linux porn. All right. Bye. <laughs> uh, thank you for all of you in the, in the chat room. I didn't in- introduce everybody this time. It was Russ. It was me. It was Cheryl. Uh, most usual culprits. Bill's in there. Ted's in there. But we also had HS0ZHG, uh, Azimuth. I've almost forgot him. Uh, KB7CFD. Uh, some guy with numbers. Uh, 330. Yeah. And then an unidentified U streamer, seven two seven eight eight four. We had a whole lot of other people in here, and I should have introduced everybody when we had twenty five or thirty, but I didn't do it. So, if you want to contact me for some reason, and I can't for the life of me figure out why you would want to. However, if you do, uh, send me an email at kb five jbv at blacksparrowmedia dot com. kb five jbv at blacksparrowmedia dot com. Or go on over to the website. You can look around, possibly send me a message over at uh, lhsinfo.org. Or you can go over and uh, send me one at uh, rfpodcast.info. I'm easy to get a hold of at either one. Follow me on, and cover your ears, Clatu. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Identica. Uh, there's probably 16,473 social networks I'm on. Uh, you type in KB5JBV. If I'm there, I'll show up. With that, I'm going to toss it over to Russ and see if he's got anything to say about it. He probably doesn't want y'all contacting him anymore because he's afraid I'm going to jump him when he's the one that gets the the, uh, the hate mail for me. But go ahead, Russ. No, I'm just going to finish it up in the usual the usual way. If you want to email me, it's k5tux at blacksparrowmedia.com. Feel free to post comments and questions to the website at http colon strack, uh, yeah, http colon stroke stroke lhsinfo.org. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, MySpace, Identica, and Facebook as J.R. Woodman. I'm also K5TUX on 73s.org. We have an IRC channel for the program, and there's people in there all the time now, so feel free to stop by and chat with everybody who's in there. We are on irc.freenode.net, and the channel is Pound LHS Podcast. Stop on by. There's someone there all the time, and I'm there usually during the daytime. So uh, with that, I think we've covered just about all there is. Don't forget about calling us and leaving questions or feedback or entering into the contest with the intros at 888-455-0305 and if you can't dial US or Canadian toll-free numbers use 417-429-4069 enter into the logo contest send those logos to me or to Richard or to both of us enter into the intro contest send us a WAV file, FLAC file, AUG file, MP3 file, AAC file however you want to record it or go ahead and call those numbers and enter that way. You get two entries if you call the hotline. You get one entry if you send us a wave file. And uh, remember, we're at booth November Hotel 0265 at the Dayton Hamvention, and I hope we see everybody out there. 
and I plan on being at Southeast Linux Fest. If you can get there, Spartanburg, South Carolina, June 11th through the 13th. So I hope to see everybody wherever we can see them. Uh, I think that's about it for me. So back to Richard so we can wind this thing down. we got about 30 seconds. Hit it. He's he's come such a long way since I saved him from that weekend show. All righty, so this is Richard in Bunker in Balt Springs, Texas, and we have Russ over there in the Pine Forest. Say goodbye, Russ, and we'll see y'all later.